0: الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه بالله من ومن أعمالنا من الله فلا مضل له فلا له لا إله so last week we started the book of Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab entitled islam we studied the first ناقد what is the meaning of ناقد Nullifier Naqid uh, is a nullifier So when you say Islam It means things that what? Nullify One's Islam There was a word that was similar to it Nawaqis And what were the Nawaqis? Things that take away the completeness Excellent Asghar Minor now, things that decrease one's Iman from sins and and bid'ah innovations and so on. So Nawaqis are those things that decrease a person's Iman, lacking they're still within Islam, that person meaning. And then there are those Nawaqid, which take a person outside of the fold of Islam. How many verses did Sheikh Muhammad Abdul bring in the first or mention? Don't look at the mutton. Someone hasn't asked the question. from <laughs> of Mentions two. What are they? <laughs> and then the next verse was what? The verse in Surah Al-Maid that إنهم يشرك طيب. Regarding the first verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Allah doesn't forgive shirk. لكن he forgives anything. Other than shirk, does that mean where do we put kufr? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated or split the verse into two Allah doesn't forgive shirk, but Allah Jalla forgives anything below or less than shirk. Does that mean that kufr? Where do we put kufr? Uh, kufr means the same thing as nah, kufr means the same thing as shirk, and we put it on the side of shirk. So when Allah Jalla says, Allah doesn't forgive that shirk is associated with him Partners are associated with him Do not think that only the idol worshippers Are mentioned or included in this verse Rather everyone who disbelieves in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala طيب. Another thing which is important to understand is When will Allah Jalla not forgive the person who commits shirk? <laughs> Naam, excellent if they die upon it, if they die upon shirk, and if they die upon kufr, that is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not, forgive, uh, does not forgive shirk. So for example, you will find Allah jalla wa'ala, Allah says Allah will forgive or Allah forgives all types of sins. صح? A person may say the Quran contradicts itself. Here we have Allah saying, that Allah doesn't forgive shirk, And then here we have another verse telling us that Allah Jalla forgives all types of shirk, all types of sins. And shirk is one of those types of sins. So what do we do here? As Ahlus sunnah we have a complete understanding of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. We understand each verse with other verses. We don't understand one verse and then run off with it and have a foreign understanding to the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So the correct understanding is that if a person commits shirk or kufur And they die upon that That's when they come under the verse that they won't be forgiven However, if they forget, if they repent Or if they accept Islam and they take the shahada, Then Islam wipes away everything that came before it Islam wipes away everything that came before it طيب. The next verse where Allah says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Shows us the dangers of shirk through three things. What are they? In mentioning the verse of Surah Al-Ma'idah. Hmm? Nah, so Allah Jalla mentions that Jannah is haram for him. And if Jannah is haram for him, Yom Al-Qiyamah, where's the only other destination? Jahannam. What, Taib, what else? Naam. He won't have any, anyone to help him, to intercede on his behalf, to help him uh, on that day. The says that, um, so, shirk is also a a is, shirk is also what? Yes. So, Shirk comes under this verse. meaning, those who committed shirk. Those associated partners of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and will... Study that in Kitab al-Tawheed, Inshallah. طيب. فقد abode is nag. So Allah Jalla makes Jannah haram upon him. وَمَأْوَاهُ الْنَارِ And his destination will be Jahannam, where he will remain in eternity for his disbelief in Allah Jalla And there's no helpers for the disbelievers, for the oppressors. طيب. The next Naqid that the Sheikh mentions, Abdullah, it's going to be... بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وصلات وسلام على رسول الله ما بعد اللهم غفِل لنا ولشيخنا وحفظه وارفع قدره والمسلمين جميعين قال المألف رحمه الله تعالى <تصفيق> الثاني من جعل بينه وبين الله وسائط يدعوهم ويسألهم الشفاعة ويتوكل عليهم كفر إجماع. طيب الشيخ رحمه الله. for the next ناقد the second ناقد that takes a person out of Islam, the second nullifier is whoever makes between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intermediaries. Whoever makes between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala middlemen, in other words. The Shaykh says, Athani, the second one. Manja'ala, so the Shaykh is going to mention the rule, the, 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 the description, and the hukum, the description of. The second naqid or the second nullifier, and he's going to mention the ruling of the second nullifier. He says, Man ja'ala بَيْنَهُ wa اللَّهِ wasa'id. Whoever, whomsoever, makes between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wasa'idah, meaning intermediaries who he goes through, and what does he do but with them? Yad'uhum, he calls upon them. He calls upon them and he asks them فشفاعة, for intercession and he relies on them. He has tawakul, reliance upon them. That is the description. Whomsoever does these three things, what three things? يَدْعُوهُمْ He asks them. طَيْبُ And he asks them for shafa'a Yomul qiyamah or now, he asks them for shafa'a to intercede between him and Allah Jalla Intercede for him. طَيْبُ وَيَتَوَكَّلُ عَلَيْهِمْ And he what? He asks, he's asking them for shafa'a and he's asking them or he's relying upon them. The shaykh says, رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ فَقَدْ كَفَرَ إجماعً. فَقَدْ كَفَرَ Verily he has disbelieved إِجْمَاعًا إِجْمَاعًا Meaning there's no difference of opinion This is not a fiqh issue Where you say the Hanabilah said this The Shafi'iyyah say this The Malikiyah say this And the Hanafiyyah say this la كَفَرَ ijma'an That person is a kafir By consensus of the Muslimin Not only the scholars but according to the Muslimin That person is a kafir. So this person has given the khasais of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Something which was exclusive and specific to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the meaning of shirr. Or you can or worship in other than Allah. Or you can say, صرف الشيء in, To divert something. "min خصائص الله From the specific characteristics and traits of Allah "ila غير الله To other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To divert something Which is exclu- exclusive and specific to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Which is from His characteristics, Jalla wa ala To other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why the Sheikh says So there's a few things we need to know here Shirk you've understood You also need to understand That these things that the Sheikh is mentioning Is dua When you're asking them For something That only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give You're asking them the calling that is upon that is called ibadah That is type of, that is a type of worship Also the shafa'ah The intercession that you're giving Is the intercession inter- Or the, the intercession that they're asking of the dead Is the intercession that you can only ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Oh Allah Make me amongst those who Prophet Muhammad intercedes for That is a dua So you ask Allah to make you amongst those people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam intercedes for. When you move that and you give it to someone else, whether it's Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa or any of the awliya or the people that have passed away. And you say intercede for me, give me shafa'a, That's why that's when it becomes shirk. Also, tawakkul, the reliance that the shaykh is referring to is the tawakkul that is, that is ibadah. Where you rely upon Allah to give you something that only He can give you or to protect you from something that only He can protect you. Why did I clarify it like this? Why did I explain all three of these things like that? Because from Ahlul Bid'ah, from the Diya and so on that we live with in the UK and all across the world and other than them, they will mock Ahlul Sunnah, the people who hold on to the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, and for example, they say, oh no, I, I, I can't ask you for something Because then the, the Salafis are going to say, you're a mushik I can't ask you for a pen Because otherwise they're going to say, you're calling upon other than Allah Whereby they're mocking those that are warning against shirk. So according to them, if I say to you, pass me the water They're mocking Ahlul Sunnah and saying, look, you've committed shirk over there, look when in reality that's not shaykh, Because the du'a that is being referred to The reliance, the tawakkul that is being referred to And the shafa'a that is being referred to Are the types that are ibadah Nothing else For example, tawakkul طيب. If, for example I've parked my car outside And I know the ticket attendant is going to come and I ask, I give you some change and I ask you to put it into the machine, to the pay and display in order for you to put the ticket on the windscreen so that I don't get a ticket. I give you the key. Have I not relied upon you? Well, I've relied upon you. Does that mean I've worshipped you? Can the Sufi saying you're a mushrik now for asking someone to put something on your windscreen? Huh? Is that justifiable? No, it's not. The... Dua that the Sheikh is referring to here Also for example If I invite you to I don't know If someone invites you to a walima That is a da'wah Have I not called called you? I have called you to a walima Does that mean you're mushrik For calling someone to a walima? No lacking all of that is called what? When you want to Disguise things And you want to label label it By other than its correct name Remember the Qa'idah that we studied in Qawa'id al al Bil-Haqqa'iqla bil The reality is what we're, what we're taking into consideration is the reality of things So the Dua that is being referred to Is not merely asking someone To come over Nor is it when you rely upon someone and say Listen, I'm relying on you to go and do this and this and this The reliance Is the reliance that is Iba'dah that can only be directed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So you rely upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Give you the best of the dunya And protect you from the harms of the dunya And to give you the best of the akhirah And to protect you from the hardships and the trials and tribulations from <laughs> akhirah. Can anyone do that other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? لا. Diverting any of that to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is called what? Shirk طيب the next mas'ala that we can ask is This is shirk, right? The first one was what? The first naqid was what? Shirk, shirk. The second naqid is what? Shirk. shirk The rest are not going to be shirk as per se Lacking. Why did the shirk repeat shirk here? You would think that he's going to mention something else Why is he still mentioning this? Although this comes under shirk Who knows the answer? Shirk is kind of why there are kind of like different things that can like, see some people might not think that's Shirk. Good, excellent. Some people might not think that this is Shirk. Excellent. Excellent to specify. Uh, I hope you're writing these down because the, these are benefits that were better benefiting from each other. To specify the Shirk that was around during the time, Muhammad Abdullah, Fadl Abdullah. Naam, these are common acts of shirk that people do not take as shirk. Excellent, and also people think that shirk. They'll say to us, you, wallahi you're right. You were happy. Shirk is bad." However, shirk is when you worship an idol, Uzza, When you go to these and you say you, you you make du'a to them. So what the Hindus are doing, you're right. That's shirk. We're asking righteous people These are what side These are what side between us Fadalak did, did you have your hand up? Yeah hmm? Excellent There's also types of intercession that Allah Jalla is pleased with So that is not The what the, the same And it is not the one that is being referred to here so, we're now putting the finger on the actual dua or the ibadah or the shafa'ah that is shirk. Also, not every tawakkul is shirk. So, for example, they'll say to you, Oh, the reason why the Sheikh mentions this specifically is all of the reasons that you said. To specify that this is number one shirk and also to show its importance. For example surah al asr Allah says in surah al asr wal asr Allah says then what in an insan al insan is in a state of loss and then what does Allah Jalla wa'ala say? "In la ladhin except for for those people that come with these four traits what was the first one illal ladhin amanu those except for those who believe except for those who believe and wa salihat and do righteous actions except for those that believe and do righteous actions. What's the next part? What bil bilhaki? What Pay attention to the last two. What bil haqq They enjoying one another. Also those that enjoy one enjoying one another in goodness and truth, and those that are patient. Patience and enjoying the good are they not from the second one? The amal salih is it not from a righteous action? So why did Allah repeat these two? The last two. When they actually come into the category of Amul Saleh, righteous actions. To show their importance. To show the importance of these, enjoying the good and being patient. Likewise, the Sheikh mentions Shirk in the first one. And now he's mentioning this. Because to show, or in order to show the importance of clarifying to the people the ruling of this type of Shirk. Also... In we also studied something which is related to this as well, which is that the Mushrikun of the past. What did Allah last wa ta'ala say? من <speaking in> the, <language> the Mushrikun when the Prophet wasallam, would say to them Urdu'l- uh, Urdu'l- uh, Urdu'l- uh, Worship Allah you don't have any correct gods but Allah they would say we're only going through them Ya Muhammad Don't think we're literally Doing dawaf around this Or making du'a to this This is only a means And it takes us through to Allah Jalla wa'ala. Why? Because we have got dirt on our hands We sin day and night So we can't go directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So we go through these people And when we go through these people They in return take our Ibadah and our worship, and they ask Allah subhanahu wa taala for us, so we're only going through them. So anyone that says that today, we say to them the verse that was revealed 1,400 plus years ago. Say, that's exactly what Quraysh was saying. Also, did Allah jalla wa'ala command us to go? Command us to go through Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam? <laughs> Allah did not say to the the companions, If my companions, the servants, if my servants ask about me, tell them to give you the ibad and pass it through, Ya Muhammad, because you're a Nabi and they sin. You are a Prophet and they are sinners, and the Prophets, everyone sins, as the Prophet told us. So the Messenger, Allah Jalla did not tell them to come through for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Nor did he say come through Jibreel Allah said to Allah Jalla is near Why would you need to go through another human being? Furthermore, why would you need to go through the dead and you will rely upon them to pass your ibadah over? That is worshipping them so Dua is Ibadah. The strange thing is you will see the Sufis saying Dua is Ibadah. They will mention that Hadith and then they will make Dua. Aghithni ya Abdullah, rescue me. Madad, give me provision, give me rizq, give me children. That shows Madah that they haven't understood the meaning of La Ilaha. Illa Allah. They haven't understood La ilaha illallah. Rather, Abu Jahl has a better understanding of La ilaha illallah than them. Because Abu Jahl knew the meaning of La ilaha illallah, so he said to Muhammad, Take you and your La ilaha illallah I can go. These law, they said, Ya Muhammad, we take your La ilaha illallah. Lakin, we're going to worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're going to make what? du'at other than Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is their shubha. Taib. This has a connection to, or this is what is called a tawassul. Tawassul. And we studied tawassul in the what? In the previous book. In the previous book. And you had the notes. And inshallah you will sit the test on that. Lakin. This is also tawassul. And the tawassul that the shirk is referring to Rahimahullah is tawassul al-shirki Is tawassul of al shirk <coughs> So tawassul al-shirki or the tawassul that is Shirk is the one that a person gives directs worship to it is the one where the, Muslim, where the person diverts one of the characteristics of Allah, something that is specifically for Allah, to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for example, the deceased, those that have passed away, they ask them for to rescue them, for example. Or they are going through a hardship and they say, get me out of this hardship. Allah Jalla is the one that If you're going through hardship Allah is the one that what? Gets you out of that hardship If you're going through problems Who is the one that gets you out of it? Allah Jalla wa'ala So diverting that To other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And asking them to get you out of your hardship Or to grant you provision and to grant you a good life and to grant you a good wife or a good husband or uh, a children that is the essence of dua that these are things that you would ask who allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is a worship between the servant to his creator so when you look down and you give it to a person who's passed away you have now given the haq of Allah, the right of Allah, to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Call a spade the spade. Call it what it is. You have given Allah's right to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it's Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or Jibreel or any of the other Prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or any of the righteous people that have passed away. That is giving them the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is why it is true. Then there's another form of tawassul, which is to ask bijahi nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. To ask by way of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Oh Allah, I ask you by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, by the virtue of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, by the honor of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now, you also learnt in previous lessons. That the origin, the default ruling for any type of worship is what? Is that it is haram Unless what? You have a delil. Therefore you have to have a delil If you wish to say that If you want to say that And you want to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And you want to do tawassul, seek nearness To Allah through the status, the honor Of the Prophet and the virtue of the Prophet. And the reality is there is no Dalil. There is not a single Dalil, single evidence pointing towards that. Because if there was Dalil, then we would have found it with the companions of the Prophet. Is it possible that the companions would narrate to us? Where the Prophet would put his fingers during Adhan or where Bilal would put his fingers during Adhan and where we're meant to put our fingers during Wudu yet they wouldn't narrate to us the fact that we're allowed to make dua to Allah through the Prophet Is that possible? The deen is preserved The deen of Allah Jalla is what? Preserved Inna dhikra. The deen is preserved. Secondly, the deen is complete. And the delil is what? Allah Jalla has told us 80 or so days before the death of the Prophet <coughs> that the religion was complete. And Allah has completed his favor upon us. And has chosen for us Islam as our religion. And Imam Malik, he says <inaudible> Whatever was not from the religion, on that day It will never be part of the religion So the dispute between Ahl-Sunnah and all of the other deviant sects is where Ahl-Sunnah are saying come back to the teachings of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Come back to the teachings of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Come back to the Sunnah of Umar, uh, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali and all of the companions when a person says that, can he be accused of hating the Prophet? No. We can't make dua to Allah through the status of the Prophet. But does that mean that we're denying the Prophet's virtue? No. Does that mean we hate to say upon the Prophet? No. there's a difference between. Giving the right of Allah to Allah, and giving the right of the Prophet to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was a abd; he was a servant of Allah subhanahu wa taala, and he was a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa taala. Allah calls him abd, subhanallahi asra bihabdi. Allah jalla wa ala mentions calls Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam a slave in many parts of the Quran. Lakin the Prophet was also a messenger. So the scholars say, Rasulun and Abdun Fala Yu'bad, Abdun, he's a servant, Fala Yu'bad, he's not to be worshipped. Wa Rasulun, and he was a messenger, Fala يُكَذَّب and he's not to be disbelieved in. He's not to be disbelieved in. So if you say we don't celebrate the birthday of the Prophet وسلم, no one can call you or no one can label you and say you hate the Prophet. Why? Because, Aslan, I am telling you to go back to the teachings of the Prophet. Whereas the Sufis, they will say, This Shaykh did this, and this Shaykh done that. And the biggest evidence, the biggest Dalil, for example, celebrating the birth of the Prophet, the biggest Dalil that the Prophet, or the biggest Dalil that it is an innovation, is the fact that it was introduced into the Ummah in the fourth century. 400 years after the death of the Prophet Did a new Prophet come about? Was the new Quran sent? Did Jibreel find another Prophet somewhere along the line? No So how can we say that 400 years later We're going to practice something that was practiced Introduced 400 years later So that يعني, That point is important to understand That regardless of what you call it It is what it is just because you call it bil-auliyat, It does not make it correct So that is not permissible Questions after inshallah That is not permissible To make dua to the Prophet wasalam, To make dua to Allah Through the Prophet And if that's through the Prophet wasalam, Then obviously anyone else So you can't You can't ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, By the Prophet And the strange thing is These people that are saying that this is permissible They claim to be upon the methodology of Imam Abu Hanifa And the strange thing is What's stranger than that is the fact that There's actual text from Imam Abu Hanifa And the scholars of the Hanafi Madhab During the time of Imam Abu Hanifa Negating this and saying that this is not permissible Saying that it is not permissible That shows what? That the Sufis, the that they're not upon the methodology of Imam al-Shafi'i, nor are they upon the methodology of Imam Abu Hanifa, the religion or the Aqeedah of Imam Abu Hanifa. So this is called Tawassul. The first one is Tawassul al-Shiraki, where where they're asking the awliya for intercession or making dua to them. Asking them something that you can only ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even خوف Even خوف Fear Remember al thalatha When Sheikh Muhammad Wahab Was mentioned In the types of Ibadah He mentioned From them What? al Khauf. The خوف That is Ibadah The خوف The fear That is Ibadah If a person Diverts That's other Than Allah Then they are Mushrik So for example The one That you fear And the scholars Call, call it خوف the person that fears something, that fears that someone, that there's someone that can harm him, in the future, in a way that only Allah Jalla can, and that that person doesn't have the means to do so, then that is Shaykh al-Akbar. For example, some people they will swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Even though they know they're lying And then they'll break the promise Or the oath that they've taken They don't care the fact that Allah may punish them Lakin If they swear by other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, If they make an oath In the name of this wali In the name of this righteous individual They will never break that promise because they fear that if they do break that promise then that sheikh will kill them halfway through the night and then that sheikh will cause their life to be a misery that sheikh died how many years ago 100, 200 years ago so does he have the means to harm them no of course not لكن he fears him therefore he does whatever he made the oath for and he doesn't break that promise to the extent that if you say to him Wallahi Say wallahi you did not do this And he did He did do this And you say to him Wallahi say you didn't do this You say wallahi I didn't do it But if you say swear by fulan The wali Say La. They will refuse That shaykh Sheikh Al-Akbar Why? Because that khauf can only You can only fear Allah like that Because this person doesn't have the means to harm you <coughs> Again the Sufi will say so if you're scared of a lion, you're a mushrik Or if you're scared of a snake, you're a mushrik Is that an argument that can be put forward? No Why? Because this is number one خوف طبيعي, Natural fear Secondly The lion or the predator Or even the person that wants to harm you You can see them physically They've got the means to harm you لكن tell me The person that died 500 years ago Has he got the means to harm you? No so the fear you have is deeply embedded in your heart and it's the khawf of ibadah. That, that is the first type of shirk where you ask them for something that you can only ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second is type of uh, bid'ah, Which is what? Saying, oh Allah, I ask you by the honor of the Prophet sallallahu by the virtue of the Prophet sallallahu by the fact that he was a prophet and he was a servant. طيب that
1: is
0: a bid'ah why is it a bid'ah ikhwani no dalil no I mean, that if okay but why is it a bid'ah the asal, it nah. the asal for any type of ibadah is that it is impermissible And this is there's consensus among the scholars you can't do ibadah unless there's evidence and there is no evidence for this that is, what make, that is what makes it a bid'ah The third type of tawassul is what? When you Which is legislated When you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala How many types is it? Three The first was what? Hmm? You ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Through his beautiful names and attributes Ya Rahman Ya Latif Ya Rahim Ya Razak oh, oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Oh the Provider Oh the merciful, oh so on and so forth. Where you ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala through His beautiful names and His beautiful attributes, that is permissible. That is permissible. The second type is what righteous. through your righteous actions. Oh Allah, if my iman in the Prophet sallallahu is sound and I believe in the Prophet sallallahu alaihi or Ya Rasulullah, due to my love of the Prophet then forgive me. You're asking Allah through a righteous action that you have done. Loving the Prophet, is that not a righteous deed? Believing in the Prophet, is that not a righteous deed that you've done? So it is permissible. And the, the three men that were stuck in the cave, is it a delil for this? Is it a delil for this where each and every single, each one of them mentioned An act that they performed, a righteous deed that they performed during uh, at a previous time. And the third type of tawassul that is permissible is what? Naam. Asking. Asking a righteous person to make dua for you. But that righteous person must be a person that is alive. That you can either, that you're standing in front of or that you can get in contact with or that you can send a message to, you. meaning there's asbab, There's re- there's ways of getting hold of that person. You ask them to make dua for you. You don't make dua to them. You're asking them to make dua for you. And there are many evidences in the uh, the sunnah of the Prophet and also in the guidance of the companions with one Allah Ta'ala alayhim. So for example, the Prophet ﷺ would be given a khutbah and they would ask the Prophet Sallallahu to make dua for them because of a drought. Or one of them would say, Ya Rasulullah, make dua for my mother that she accepts Islam. Ya Rasulullah, make dua for this. Ya Rasulullah, I am blind. Make dua for me that Allah gives back to me my eyesight. And so on and so forth. Also the companions, Umar Radiallahu Anhu, would go to Abbas and say, Ya Abbas, make dua for us. He wouldn't make dua to the Prophet to Allah through the virtue of who? Of Abbas. It wasn't through the virtue of Abbas. It wasn't because of the status of Abbas. Oh Allah, we make dua for you through the status of Abbas لا. It was through the dua of who? Of Abbas. There's a difference. Through the dua of the Prophet or through the dua of Abbas radiallahu anhu in this hadith. And that is the type that is permissible. Anything other than that is not permissible That is the legislated tawassul Whereby there's evidence from the Qur'an and the sunnah Showing we can do it And anyone that does other than that Then they have fallen into something that contradicts the teachings of the Prophet sallallahu okay. You will often hear many of them saying tawassul, tawassul, tawassul Tawassul that is permissible is what one of these three, and Allah subhanahu wa taala also mentioned to us in the Hadith al-Qudsi how we can seek nearness to Allah subhanahu wa taala. My servant does not get close to me by something more beloved to me than that which I have made wajib upon him. And my servant will see will continue to be getting closer to me through doing the what? The noah the Sunnah. So that is the way of seeking nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lacking worshiping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and directing dua to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that totally defeats the purpose of Ibadah. Ibadah is that you submit yourself Al What was Islam? Al-Istislam lillah Al-Istislam lillah That you totally submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You give yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Lillahi, lillahi To Allah jalla wa'ala alone Bi, bimada Bi Tawheed, with the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala With the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Now, this seems so simple to you Because your fitrah is salim Your fitrah or your natural state of tawhid Alhamdulillah is intact But if you go up north And you go to those Sufis That are justifying Shaykh bin Nabi Sheikh bin Allah And saying you can make dua To the Prophet Then you will find The dangers of Having or associating yourself With deviants so say Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put The love of tawheed and sunnah in your heart And the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has put the fitrah in your heart Because there are those people That are blind from the evidences Although they're saying the evidences So for example They will say That a blind man came to the Prophet Sallallahu And he asked Allah by way of the Prophet But when you Look into the Hadith. You find that the blind man came to the Prophet and said, "Ya Allah, Ud'u Allah, make du'a for me." Taym. And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Inshita du'a, inshita du'aot, look. If you want, then I can make du'a for you. When in inshita sabat, if you want, like you can be patient, and that is khayr for you." The man said, "La, make du'a for me." So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam Commanded him to go and make wudu And to make dua to who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And the Prophet also promised him That he was going to what? Make dua for him So the servant, the abd, the individual, the blind man He came, went to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> And he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To accept the dua of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That's why he said Allahumma shafi'hu fiyya Oh Allah, accept his intercession for me Accept whose intercession? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi That's not That man is not making du'a to the Prophet Nor is he making du'a through the Prophet sallallahu So, مثلا, if I come to you and say Ya Abdullah, make du'a for me And you say to me, inshallah, I will make du'a for you And I go and make du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And I say, oh Allah, accept Abdullah's du'a is that shirk? No, I haven't diverted any ibadah to Allah other than Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So the tawassul that is shirky or that is bid'i that is innovated or that is shirk, there's no evidence in that. Then they will say other things like a man had a dream, and in the dream, he went to the grave of, in the dream. Pay attention. In the dream, he went to the grave of the Prophet sallallahu and the Prophet Sallallahu said to him, Go to Umar and make dua. tell him to make dua. And then the man came to Umar and he made dua. Billahi alaykum. Put in, the hadith is obviously da'if. The hadith is da'if. <coughs> the hadith is da'if. Lakin, even if we say that it is authentic, is there ever any evidence in that? Now, you as students of knowledge, you've studied with regards to evidence. The evidence has to be authentic, right? This hadith is not authentic, so it doesn't pass that test. Secondly, what was the other thing that you learned with regards to evidence in? It has to be from the Quran Sunnah and? Understanding of Salaf. and? Mahalo It has to point towards the evidence that you're, or the mas'ala, the, the issue that you're claiming. When have we ever taken our legislation from dreams By anyone in this ummah Never After the death of the Prophet If a person has a dream Can that dream be a a form of legislation No If I have a dream now And I dream about anything that I want If I dream about me being a Prophet Does that make me a kafir Like, yeah, dreams are dreams. You can go cloud nine and back. It's not a form of legislation. So, the fact that that man dreamed of what he dreamed of, so he dreamed, whoever it may be, you can dream about what you want. You can dream of being in Jannah, it doesn't mean you're in Jannah. Then he came to who? Umar radiallahu anhu. Then he came to Umar and he said, make dua fast. I agree, you agree and I agree That that is permissible anyway So where's the evidence saying That you can go through the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam There is no evidence in that So it's extremely important That even with evidence in That you understand That you question them Hold on But that doesn't show This mas'ala that you're claiming Where's the evidence in that? So that silly talk Will go with awam When they're in a masjid full of people that have no understanding of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, that will work, you know, you can run that by them. The Prophet made dua, or the, the, the man made dua, and he made the dua to the grave, and then when uh, when the, the person that was in the grave, he stuck his hand out to the person, and he gave him salam and so on. These ridiculous stories, they work with the awam, the common folk. But with students of knowledge, that won't work. Students of knowledge like yourself, if those Sufis are now there to give you a khutbah or a lesson, you say to them, listen, the hadith is da'if. And even if it is that da- if even if we say it is authentic, it doesn't show that it's permissible. There's something else that you often hear them saying on social media, or these people that are given, justifying making dua to the Prophet or through the Prophet. ﷺ. They will say, and Noah we said it's permissible. Or Ibn qudama said it's permissible. Or they will say Ibn Taymiyyah was the first person to come up with this and say it is a bid'ah. Let's tackle these one by one. First and foremost, Ibn Taymiyyah said, and Noah we said, Ibn Qudamah said, Fawzan said, Al said, is that is that evidence? <laughs> That's the first hum. Well, that's the first bump where you tell them, hold on, stop there That's the first checkpoint where you say that The statements of Ahlul Ilm You have to look for evidence from the Quran and the Sunnah to support it 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 within themselves, these statements of the scholars are not evidence So you can name 600 scholars, which they can't But even if they name a thousand scholars, that is not evidence to say that it is permissible. طيب. So that is refuting their claim that no, we said it's permissible, Bin Qudama said it's permissible, the Fuqahat said it's permissible. لا. The next thing was what? They often blame Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. And you will find that they often blame who as well? Shaykh Muhammad Abdul Wahhab. Muhammad Abdul Wahhab was the first to say this and Shaykh al-Islam was the first to say this. First and foremost, the fact that you can't make du'a to Allah Through the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam By saying By Oh Allah By the by the Prophet By the Prophet Accept my dua The first person to say That was Abu Hanifa One of the first imams Abu Hanifa And they are Hanafis So how could they not know that Are we more knowledgeable About Imam Abu Hanifa Than them La, We're not Lakin They totally disregard These texts From Imam Abu Hanifa Rahmatullahi Also To say that, Shaykh al-Islam was the first to come up with this, like with Tawheed. Remember when they said that Shaykh al-Islam was the first person to say Tawheed is of three types. Remember that? We obviously clarified that he wasn't. There were many scholars before him that said these different types. However, for argument's sake, let's say that Ibn Taymiyyah was the first to say that it was three types. Or let's say Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab was the first to say that it is three types, Tawheed. That you can't accept it Because he was the first person To come up with it And you can't negate it And reject it Because he was the first person To come up with it What you go back to? The Quran and the Sunnah If the Quran and the Sunnah Point towards this Then khalas You can't reject it Even though if Muhammad Abdul comes up Or Ibn Taymiyyah comes up with it Likewise If the Quran and the Sunnah If the Quran and the Sunnah negate it, then you can't justify it by saying Muhammad al-Wahhab and uh, Shaykh al-Islam were the first to come up with it, even if they were first to come up with it. lacking, it was impermissible from the time of the Prophet wasallam. <coughs> so they often scare you with that and say, you Wahhab is, is the first person to come up with it. That is not, يعني, that's nothing to say. محمد, for example, Shaykh Muhammad al-Wahhab, there were scholars before him that were warning against shirk. Shaykh Muhammad Abdul Wahhab is, is warning against shaykhs so, Whoever makes between him and Allah Wasaid intermediaries that he makes du'a to them If you're saying that Muhammad Abdul Wahhab is the first to call this shirk, You have, without you noticing, praised Muhammad and Abdul Wahhab, And you've dishonored all of the scholars of the past Can you say that none of the imams of the past warn against shirk? Imam Ahmed, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, Bukhari, Muslim, Ali al-Madini, Yahir al-Ma'in, all of the other Imams, Razian, Sabu, all of these Imams, are you saying that they did not warn against Shirk and Muhammad Abdul Wahab had to come 1200 years later and say, Ya Abad Allah, don't worship other than Allah? No. So these were found in the works of the scholars before them. The Shafi'iyyah, the scholars of the Shafi'iya, they would warn against this, against shirk. The scholars of the Hanafiyyah they would warn against shirk. And the scholars of the Hanafiyyah and the Shafi'iyyah and the Maliki and the Hanbal, they were all Salafis. When did this evil ideology of the Ash'ariga and the Maturidiya and uh, the Sufis, when did the and grave worshipping, it came into them through the Shia and the Gawafidah. So go further, don't just go back to Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab Don't go to Ibn Taymiyyah alone Even if you go further, you will find them warning against these exact same things And this is the benefit of knowledge If you're ignorant, another ignorant person will come to you and say Allah, you can make du'a to the Prophet It shows you really love the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Celebrating the Prophet, you're reviving the date birthday the birth of the Prophet, they will come up with all that nonsense. Like, when you say, I can claim, you can claim. What is the criterion between us? Evidence. And our religion is a religion of what? Of evidence. طيب. Any questions on Tawassum? Like that is a bid'ah. the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. that is bid'ah. It is not permissible because it was not done by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa or the companions. And why is it a bid'ah and not a shirk? Because by you saying, oh Allah, I ask you by the virtue of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa by his Jah, his status, you haven't diverted ibadah to other than Allah. You've asked Allah. But you've asked Allah through a sabab, a reason that is not legislated. Which is through the honor of the Prophet sallallahu And Ahlul Sunnah, they say, If there was any good in it, they, the Salaf, would have preceded us in it. They, the Salaf, would have preceded us in it. Any more questions on Tawassul? Some people, claim that there's lack <laughs> of the uh, so the Prophet said, <coughs> "Tawassul." some of them say that there's a there's difference in difference of opinion in tawassul, right? And some of them say the Hanabila say it is permissible, right? What do they mean by tawassul? Before anything, let's go back to what do you mean? What do you mean by tawassul? Let, let, hmm? Point it out, what exactly is Tawassul? The one they're referring to, I know it's not you, but what, what, what exactly are they referring to? By the States and the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi If that is what they mean, then to say that there's difference of opinion is not a hujjah, it is not proof I think you actually wrote a dalil somewhere along the line, Al khilaf bi dalil. Did we not study that? Khilaf to say there's different sort of opinion, is not a dalil, is not an evidence. So they can't use as evidence there's dalil, there's khilaf. There's not that can never be dalil. And none of the scholars would agree with that and say. That that is a form of Dalil itself to say there's a difference of opinion. Secondly, to say that the Hanabila did did or the Hanabila allow it, that is incorrect. You may get one or two or three from the Hanabila that say it is okay. You may get some from the Shafi'i that it is okay, or the Maliki and so on. But is that within itself a proof? No that in of itself is not proof if i come to you and say ibn Taymiyyah said it's permissible is that proof if i come to you and say ahmed said ahmed, imam ahmed said it's permissible is that proof or imam shafii nah, it is not proof proof is what the quran and the sunnah upon the understanding of the salaf al salih so that is just basic uh viewpoints that's the yani, basic ways to refute it the more stronger opinion or the strongest opinion or way of refuting it is to say Give me dalil I will do it And I will command everyone to do it Just give me one dalil Showing that it is permissible And that dalil has to be sahih It has to be authentic And sahih has to be clear It has to be authentic and it has to be clear If they don't find that then it is not permissible Regardless of who and what and when as for it being a fiqh issue, it's an issue of aqeedah. But just because something is mentioned in the books of fiqh, it doesn't mean it is not related to what? aqeedah Salah. Salah. Where is it mentioned? In the books of aqeedah or in the books of fiqh? fiqh. Do the scholars not say, is there not an opinion that says that if a person doesn't pray the salah, he's a kafir? Is that an issue Catholic and Sunni Muslim and Catholic? Is that an issue of Fiqh or Aqeedah? aqeedah. In the books of Haq- Aqaid You will find In the books of Fiqh I mean you will find The scholars talking about Baab Hukm al-Mugtad The Baab Talking about The rulings pertaining To the muqtad, The apostate Every single Fiqh book In all of the Madhabs They talk about this that is a aqeedah issue mentioned in a what? Fiqh issue. So to say it is a fiqh issue, la, it is an issue of aqeedah. Also, even with regards to fiqh, you have to follow the dalil. Even with regards to fiqh, you can't just say, oh la, it's fiqh, it's khilaf, لا. You have to follow the dalil, even with regards to um, fiqh issues.